This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you in part by Rosedale Communications, offering author-centric literary consulting, writing, and editing services to help you capture your voice, craft your message, edit your content, and publish your completed manuscript for business or ministry online at craftingyourmessage.com. Hey there, it's producer Michael Miracle here. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. We are your on-air resource as a workplace believer. And check out our website for tons more I Work For Him resources. We've got blogs and podcasts and reading material and all sorts of fun stuff there. Plus, a link to listen to the live show several times a day. Yep, head to the website. That's IWorkForHim.com. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. And the listen tab's up there on the top left. Click that, then click the live link, and you can listen to us live every weekday. That's IWorkForHim.com. I work the number for him.com. And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for, hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our 9 to 5. This is the I Work For Him podcast. Welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon as we broadcast from... The Hub Nation Summit 2018 right here in Bend, Oregon. Made possible, of course, by the World Changer Network. Find them online, worldchangernetwork.com, worldchangernetwork.com. But more about them in just a little bit. Want to have you check us out online, iworkforhim.com. That's iwork, the number four, him.com. or on Facebook. That's right. So while we're here in, and I just realized, do I say Oregon or Oregon? I don't know. Oregon. Oregon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like again. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Oregon so Trail. Yeah. While we are Trail. out West, we are trying to post some stuff on Facebook so people can really um, stay connected. And yesterday's video, oh my goodness, we showed this amazing piece of artwork that is hanging right here at Eagle Mountain. So people can check it out. I work for him as our Facebook page. That's right. Or you can, we'd love to hear from you on our listener line, 866. 866- 713-9675-866-713-9675-866-713 work call us let us know maybe you have heard an interview that you want to have us repeat here on i work for him maybe there's somebody that you have met that's got a great story that we need to share with our i work for him listener audience maybe you just have a testimony to tell how i work for him as ministered to you we'd love to hear those stories 866-713-9675 All right, today, again, as Martha and I said, we're on location in Bend, Oregon, at the international headquarters of World Changer Network. Find them online at worldchangernetwork.com. This show is brought to you through a kingdom collaboration between the World Changer Network and I Work For Him Radio. We like to call this collaboration the I Work For Him World Changer Radio Network. James and Anna Kramer, the founders of the World Changer Network, feel led by God to introduce the world to the only one capable of bringing real change, and that's Jesus Christ. James and Anna have arranged for us to interview some amazing people who are gathered here in Bend, Oregon for the Hub Nation Summit 2018. But today, we get to interview them. James and Anna Kramer. James Kramer is the CEO of NUMA 33, and Anna is the CCO, Chief Creative Officer of NUMA 33 and World Changer Network. These guys work together every day, so we thought it'd be a perfect together on Tuesday's show to hear how they're impacting the kingdom together, as well as share a lot more about what's going on here in Bend, Oregon. James and Anna Kramer, finally, thank you for coming back and interviewing with us right here on I Work For Him. Oh, it's great to be on here with you guys. We've been looking forward to this for months. Yeah, we're so excited and so honored. Thank you for having us. Well, and we're grateful to our great friend, Ross Harrop, for introducing us to you oh so many months ago. And uh, so thanks. Hats off to Ross Harrop with C12 Group in Tampa Bay. You can find him online at c12tampabay.com. Okay, so we want to, we always ask this question of any 
first-time guests on I Work For Him, we want to know, how did you become followers of Jesus? Anna, ladies first. Wow. Well, I was uh, 26 years old, and um, I... uh was searching for purpose and uh, had been searching since searching since my teen years of what am I here um, for and what is all the pain about that uh, we go through in life and there has to be more than this than waking up at eight doing a, a, a nine to five coming home and eating and resting and doing it all over again next day I was raised by a family a multi-generational uh, family of business leaders business owners so I come from that uh, uh, business world. And so to us, it was, um, you know, succeeding in life was succeeding in business and you just did it day in, day out. Mm -hmm. And to me at 26, it just didn't resonate anymore. Not that the business wasn't valuable, but the purpose for business, uh, something wasn't connecting to me. And so I, um, I actually developed a little bit of a blood condition and had that checked out and uh, found out that uh, my immune system was shutting down and there was something at war over my soul. And uh, uh, I was in real estate at that time and my partner in real estate basically um, found this out and uh, found out that I was at death's door and uh, pulled me into her church and had me saved and suddenly the Lord just came into my life and I woke up the next day with joy, not, mm. not the kind of joy that comes at the end of the day, but the kind of joy that you wake up with the unmerited joy, the grace that had nothing to do with performance or what I did, but just that I was loved and who I was. And that started fueling a purpose behind my business. And I realized that for the rest of my life, I'm going to partner with the Lord in seeing that everyone that we work with fulfills the very purpose call an assignment of God on their life because that's what started happening to me when I found Jesus. Mm, I love that. Now, James, how did you come to be a follower of Jesus? Yeah, I was actually uh, raised by Assemblies of God pastors. They've been pastoring for 50 years uh, to this point and they're still, they're still going on. And so I was raised in the church. Uh, I don't know what it's like to not be in a Christian culture, <laughs> mm-hmm. but coming all the way through, you know, junior high, high school, youth group, college, it wasn't until I had actually even gone through Bible college and I was in China leading underground house churches, telling people all about Jesus. I was leading them to the Lord and they were actually having a personal encounter with Jesus that was more real and authentic than what I had had having grown up in the church all of my life. And I realized that in my head, I knew all about Jesus and I knew theology and I knew the Bible, but it was like I had never met him. And so it was actually in the act of teaching these Chinese students who Jesus was that I had my own personal encounter with Jesus. And I came back from China and everything changed for me. And I realized that everything I had thought and believed now became something in my heart. So it made the six inch drop from my head to my heart. Mm. Six. I think it's longer than six inches. Well, I don't probably know. depends on the Well, person. he's got tall hair too. So that makes sense. <laughs> All right. So, so then, then how did God run your two lives together, James Kramer? Yeah, this is a fun story and it's a very, very supernatural story. Uh, I was up late at night working on a client's website and it was probably midnight. And out of the blue, I just felt like I heard the Lord say, get on eHarmony. And at the time I was pretty happy being single. I lived in a house with a bunch of Christian guys and I was not necessarily, not necessarily looking for a wife. Um, and I was happy being single, but I helped, I heard the Lord say, 
get on eHarmony. And so I was like, okay, well, that's odd, but I'll do it anyhow. So I went on and filled out the profile, went to sleep. The next day, I'd been matched with 30 people. Uh, 29 of them were in Bend. And Anna was in Canada, a completely different country. So she shouldn't have even been matched because I only wanted people around Bend. Hmm. Um, And yet uh, the eHarmony system matched me with her. And she was the one that stuck out immediately. And none of the other 29 did. So I actually reached out to Anna and I just sent her a private message through the system. Uh, She got my message, wrote back the next day and literally was one and done. Uh, We started communicating immediately, wrote back and forth for three months. Uh, Finally, about 90 days in, we met up in person. And after that first weekend together, it was just uh, we knew that we were supposed to be together. And we told each other at the end of that first weekend hanging out in Canada, uh, I think that we are supposed to be soulmates and life mates. And so let's just go back and pray about timing for us to get married. And uh, from the time that we first got connected until married was nine months. Wow. And there's a whole lot of supernatural and God encounters along that journey mm-hmm. that are undeniable. But it was a very, very clear moment where God just said, I need you guys to meet right now. And if, if you go back further than that, long before that, um, maybe nine months before that, uh, I heard the Lord say, your bride is coming, go buy a house. (laughs) And so I had actually started the process (laughs) to go and look for a house. And I had made an offer that wasn't accepted. And then I found another house and made an offer. And as it turns out, the day that I picked up the keys to the new house was Mm -hmm. that Ann and I had scheduled to actually talk for the very first time within 10 minutes of me getting the keys to my house. And then the Lord reminded me, he said, your bride is coming, go buy a house. And so it was like this entire journey where the Lord was saying, I need you guys to meet. You need to have a house for her ready. And uh, now's the time. Wow. All right. We're in bed. Anna, did you want to add any color to that? I mean, because, you know, he took it over. But did you want to add any color to that? <laughs> Is your perspective any different? Oh, it's um, it's likewise. Uh, we just had so many confirmations from the Lord about our meeting. But one one scripture stood out to me, and it and it's when Jesus says, um, "I go before you and prepare a place for you, that mm-hmm. where I am, you might be." And when when the Lord told James to buy a house and furnish it fully, he yet didn't know that he'd be meeting a Canadian bride. And so he furnished it fully because I came over to the United States with a duffel bag. And that's where I stayed put for about uh, a year plus before I could actually go back for my belongings. And so when he brought me into this fully furnished house and uh, we did communion and he introduced me to this place that he has prepared for us. It really just uh, reminded me of Jesus in, uh, in how he goes before us and mm-hmm. woos us to him. Talk to us about I mean, the Hub Nation. What is this all about, Anna? These guys <laughs> wow. are both pointing at each other. You guys love us. If it was on They're video, it would be even better. <laughs> you know, no small question, um, but um, just over three years ago, uh, we started hearing from the Lord um, that he was moving in a way that would unify um, and mobilize his people together into a unified force, that strategy was on God's heart and that unity was his strategy mm-hmm. and unity with a purpose. And this, and it came to you as a revelation. Yet Jesus said it 2000 years ago, Hey boys, they'll know that you're my, my followers. If you're unified. 
Exactly. And Jesus even said in his final prayer in John seventeen twenty two, I have given them the glory that you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. So I believe that as, as the body of Christ, we have been aware that the Lord is calling us to be one. And as we are one with him and one with one another, there is this love that is transferred across the body of Christ that really demonstrates to the world the power of Jesus's love given to us throughout history, but also through the cross in unifying us to his vision and to his strategies and how he wants to be made known around the world. So how is the Hub Nation Summit 2018, James Kramer, how is that going to happen? How is that going to facilitate that stuff? Yeah, we're convening an apostolic, apostolic summit. We have over 200 apostolic and marketplace leaders from around the country and a few other countries as well coming here. And they're already arriving into town and we're all coming together to say, what would it look like for us to operate it as a unified force? And how can we think and act strategically? Um, how can we go after a common vision together and actually take that down into practical steps to influence our cities and our nations? Uh, and so this is what we're going after. Proverbs 24, 6 says, with the right strategy, you can wage war. And with many advisors, there is victory. For so long, the body of Christ has reacted to culture instead of leading it. And we've been at the whim of what has happened all around us. And we're sitting here wondering, why does it feel like Christianity is sometimes on the defensive or losing ground in culture? And we, we've thought it was just like, that's the way culture is going. It's just eroding and turning away from the Lord. But the reality here is we actually can operate as a unified force. There's 2.2 billion Christians on the planet. We're the single largest social demographic that exists. If we actually operated strategically mm. in unified vision, we could transform every city and every nation. And that's what we want to do. So everybody's coming here with this mindset of how do we actually get together, get our minds together, put together action plans and execute them as a unified force. So let's talk about that for a minute, because that's one of the things that I think really sets this um, Hub Nation Summit apart is the fact that this is not just going to sit, listen to some great speakers, and then go home. What makes it different? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Uh, we go to a lot of conferences, as so many of us do. And one of the things that typically happens is you have these incredible world-class Christian influencers and speakers mm -hmm. that share from their hearts but there's not necessarily an obvious tie-in from one message to the next mm -hmm. because every speaker just kind of shows up and shares the message they're carrying. Right. So we took a different approach this time. We actually met with all the speakers ahead of time and we gave them this whole big theme that we're going after and we helped them tie in to the speaker in front of them and the speaker after them hmm. so that we were able to lead each speaker through an entire conversation from beginning to end. Uh, and that's a unique approach in and of yes. itself. The other thing that we've done, which is, a, which is an example of unity right there, because a lot of speakers have their own agenda. And so you're saying we're setting that aside and doing something in unity. So mm -hmm. I just wanted to point that out. So yeah. And it's unique to get them <laughs> mm -hmm. to all be on the same page. Like yeah. we are, there's a whole conversation we're trying to lead. And so we need you to have part of that conversation and we'll tie in the gaps between them. Mm -hmm. The other thing that we're doing is right after each speaker session, we are uh, doing strategies where we're actually teaching people problem solving methodology all the way from identify a problem to propose solutions, create an action plan, assemble a team of time, talents, and treasure, fund it, execute the plan, codify what worked or didn't work, create a replicable blueprint that somebody else could apply in their own city, 
and then broadcast the testimony of what Jesus did through that. Hmm. And so we're actually teaching people that entire process. We're talking with James and Anna Kramer, founders of World Changer Network, World Changer Network and Eagle Mountain come together to, to host Hub Nation Summit 2018. We wanted you guys to hear their stories and it's, it's incredible. And I want to ask, James, you said a few minutes ago, I didn't, I didn't want to interrupt you, but you said apostolic and marketplace leaders. What's the difference? Why can't they be both? And what is, when you say apostolic, what does that mean? Yeah. So if you look at uh, what is taught in the New Testament, it says he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, and some to be teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Now, anybody in the body of Christ could be operating in one of these roles, but there's also some certain offices. So the office of the apostle is slightly different from somebody who operates in an apostolic role. Uh, people who operate in an apostolic role, they're going to have a mindset of how do we actually think city or region? How do we unify the body of Christ to do something bigger than just taking care of one specific ministry? Whereas a pastor is going to be concerned about overseeing their own ministry. An apostle is going to be thinking, how do we influence the city or this region? And so those are the sorts of people that we have here is people who operate, you know, regionally in terms of leading the body of Christ. Marketplace leaders, we use that term broadly to mean anybody in any other sphere other than the church. Hmm. So that could be education. It could be government. It could be business. So anything outside of maybe the church or the family would be a marketplace leader. Okay. I appreciate that explanation. Anna Kramer, World Changer Network. Mm -hmm. Why? Why World Changer Network? What is that all about? Um, So again, um, over three years ago, when all of this started really... um, landing (laughs) down into the heart, maybe a little longer than the six inches, but when everything started landing, uh, the Lord was speaking to us that uh, unity is his strategy. And we started asking the Lord, Lord, what is your vision for media? How do you want to use media? Lord, are you bringing media leaders together? Um, He started really in prayer meeting with us and talking to us about our team. Who's our team? And just in the process, when we're bottlenecking in operations and growing exponentially, and we're looking to expand our team, the Lord actually gives us a, um, a new strategy. He shows us in prayer, the nation and shows us leaders, see Christian kingdom minded CEOs that are leading PR firms and advertising firms and radio programs and marketing, uh, uh, firms and, you know, um, branding companies. And that they're all kingdom. They all love the Lord. They all want to serve him with his life, with their life. And we just, and he said, this is your team. This is the body of Christ. And we started getting it and we're like, oh my goodness, the Lord is really wanting us to unify and collaborate in media to partner with his vision for media, to partner with his strategies for media and to start unifying with his voice to broadcast who Jesus is through this incredible platform of media. And we realized, I believe he's doing that in business. I believe he's doing that with educators out there um, in the family arena. I believe he's bringing lives together for such a time as this. And we realize that we don't have the infrastructure that's large enough and that we've thought through enough to actually contain the revelatory glory and that unified um, uh, place where people can actually find one another 
connect with one another, mobilize, uh, put their initiatives to action, um, have investors meet with them. We haven't really utilized technology in the way that I believe that the Lord has on his heart for us to leverage technology, leverage that media platform, and then leverage those partnerships in the business realm and across all culture so that we really can start operating as a body could if we were aligned in purpose and in vision strategy together. Okay, in 30 seconds or less, what was it about iWork, Ram, that you said, wow, we got to do this together? Um, I instantly felt that there was a relational connection there, and, um, and everything is founded on that place of unity and connection and love. Um, out of that, I feel like you both are big dreamers, and you're carrying um, the voice of the Lord, and you're carrying a heart to see His ways and His um, his equipping um, to go far and wide in the world. And so um, I sensed that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord was coming through you both, and you were pulling on that through others, and we just wanted to see it furthered. WorldChangerNetwork.com, WorldChangerNetwork.com. We're here because Hub Nation Summit 2018 launches here Thursday afternoon, and we wanted you guys to hear from the founders, the launchers, the people that are supporting this effort Guys, I really want to know, you know, you guys run a marketing firm. You've got World Changer Network. You team up here with Eagle Mountain. What is the message, James Kramer? What is the most important message the body of Christ needs to hear from you right now? Yeah. Wow. That's a fantastic question. I feel... Well, congratulations, because you, you helped me write that question. So that's good. <laughs> Is that going to be edited out? No. No. All right. Uh, So. (laughs) We're having fun. You know, I just really feel like it is time for the body of Christ to think bigger. Mm. I think we need to act like the body that we are described as. I think we have operated as individual pieces for too long. I think we've had the wrong mindset. I think we've been unaware of the, of the enemy's schemes to subvert and distract and divide the body of Christ. And I don't know that we've really learned how to function as an actual body. I think that our, our idea of what that means is very, very limited. And so what Ann and I really want to do, we exist to mobilize the body of Christ to operate it as a unified force and vision and strategy. That's what drives us. And imagine with you guys, both of you, I know that there are things burning inside of your heart, assignments the Lord has given you, dreams that you're carrying that just tug at your heart. What if you guys had access to the team, the time, the talents, and the treasure that you would need to go after what God has given you. Mm -hmm. Uh, We want to be part of helping to meet that need. People like Nehemiah, who are reformers, who rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem in 52 days. And it it launched a spiritual reformation where the entire people of Jerusalem turned back to the Lord. Or people like Wilberforce and his Clapham group, they, they had 69 initiatives that influenced culture and ultimately culminated in abolishing slavery in 1807 across the British empire. These people were reformers. They carried the heart of the father and they said, society isn't functioning the way it should. Well, we want to be able to build a tech platform. This is what we're doing with the world changer network is we're building a tech platform that will allow you to have the team, the time, the talents and the treasure that you need in order to be in your own Nehemiah or Wilberforce role. That's what drives me. And that's what I think Um, I am bringing into the body of Christ and Anna is bringing into the body of Christ. And that's the message we're carrying is it is time to actually operate as a unified force. So with that, 
Anna, what is it that um, the Lord is calling you to be doing right now? Well, I um, I have this um, unique journey in the Lord that I was not raised in the church. Mm-hmm. When I came to the Lord, um, I just started asking the Lord for more of him and more of him and running to the altar, whether they were calling, you know, widows to the altar or pregnant moms to the altar. I would run to the altar and just receive whatever anointing was pouring out on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kept getting more and more acquainted with a Jesus who is unlimited in power and scope and might. Um, and, uh, and so to me, I have always seen his body as his body and his bride. I, I wasn't raised in a denomination. Frankly, I still don't know the difference between a, a Nazarene and a, and a Baptist. And, and I'm just a childlike to admit that. But because I have not had that kind of upbringing, to me, I have seen his bride and him wooing his bride, his body and his bride into that Isaiah 61 um, mandate and commission. It says in Isaiah uh, 60 verse one, arise and shine for your light has come. There's no other light coming. Jesus has already come. And he said, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And though it may get dark in the world and darker still, you are to get all the brighter. And I've, re- and I realized that our call in life and our assignment in the Lord wouldn't be possible unless we had met um, Jim and Martha. And I realized that at, at pivotal times when it's time to move into the greater fullness of what God has called us to and to come into the greater fullness of what he wants to do in and through us, we absolutely need community, collaboration, unity. We need that vision and we need that strategy and we need the strengths of what we each bring to the table so that Jim and Martha can give, go further in God than they've ever gone so that we can go further because we know you. And if that can happen, millions of times over around the world, we truly will be that light to nations that the Lord is summoning us and mandating us to be on his behalf so that the world would come to um, a knowledge of his glory and that they would know that he was sent because they can see it in us. So I think part of her answer is God's calling her to be a preacher because that was. That's pretty good, isn't it? I know. That's pretty good preaching. That's some very good preaching. I'd marry her. We could introduce you to the Yeah, deal's a done deal now. All right, we're talking with James and Anna Kramer from World Changer Network. Check them out online, worldchangernetwork.com, worldchangernetwork.com. All right, James. You've said it, you both have said it, but I, I want to give you a chance. Maybe you want to put it in different words and maybe that you want to just reiterate it. But what do you say that the body of Christ needs most right now? I think that we need to be unified in vision and strategy. We need to think and act and operate like a bigger entity, like an actual body and organism that functions together. You wrote in your World Changer Magazine article You said the body of Christ has recognized the limitations of working merely through the church sphere. And we're finding innovative ways of advancing the kingdom through the marketplace and our own spheres of influence. How do you do all of that in a unified way? Yeah. So I, I think part of it is we have waited for pastors to somehow mobilize their congregations to do something by launching out of the church. And I think more than anything, it's a paradigm shift where we need to realize that we spend more time 
in the rest of the world and the rest of our life than we do in church on Sunday. Sunday is just supposed to be for us to come together and be equipped by the saints for the work of the ministry. It's, it's supposed to be almost like a spiritual spa where we come in and we take care of each other and we lay hands on each other and we minister to each other and make sure that we are filled back up again so we can go back into all the world. And I think instead we have seen Sunday as Sunday is my one Christian spiritual moment and the rest of my life, I'm just working a job. We well, need to flip it. Well, but I, I was mentored by two guys who told me church is church, business is business. They don't have anything to do with each other. And so many of us have never heard a sermon to the contrary I know. of that. I know. So how do we, how do you plan on using the world changer network to, to go contrary to that message where I was raised? How do you plan on reaching out to all of the generations from the boomers to the millennials and, and the next g- digital gen? How do you plan on using the world changer network to communicate that message? So I, I could speak at length about this. I'm going to try to make it in under 60 seconds. Okay. If you go back to the original model before Constantine changed things in the three hundreds, the, Disciples, the early church was using the ecclesia model. The ecclesia is truly how do you influence every sphere of culture? The, the early church, it was normal to them to be the church, not go to church. And what happened is when Constantine came on the scene and he organized the church, he now made church a place to go and it became a noun instead of a verb. It has to be taken back to the original motto that Jesus infused us with. He said, where two or three three of you are gathered together, I am there in your midst. He actually was talking right there about the ecclesia. It was a term that Jesus used, and it was a Roman term that said when this was actually a Roman law, uh, and they said when two or three Roman citizens are there together, the might, authority, and power of the Roman emperor is there at your disposal. So when Jesus said, when two or three of you are gathered in my midst, I am there with you. He was saying the might, authority, and power of the kingdom of heaven is there at your disposal. And we are supposed to lay a hold of that and enact the kingdom everywhere we go. Mm -hmm. So church is supposed to be a verb, not a noun. And we have to get back to that. We need to be the ecclesia everywhere we go. Minute and 15 seconds, but that's pretty (laughs) (laughs) cool. All right. So Anna, how are you specifically being called to meet that need? World Changer Network, all the things that you and James are involved in, how are you guys specifically being called to help solve this need? No, you, I'm calling on you. Stop pointing at James. <laughs> You're the visionary. You could, I mean, you guys are, you guys are both, they, see, they, these guys both fight for vision space because they, they suck vision out of everybody. I mean, they're just unbelievable. Just give us I, your perspective. I don't think they fight for it, though. I think they both are just have so much it of it. It blossoms from yes. them. <laughs> now, I'll, I'll be vulnerable to say that how questions I usually direct to James because James operates as a, as such a strategic um, uh, part in, in, in all of this. He, so this would be practice, and you could repeat right. what he said and see if you're really getting it. Um, you, know, uh, you know, I usually go up to that 100,000-foot view, and I go into vision, and I think of uh, Father's heart. I think of Jesus' heart, and what would his heart be for his bride. And, um, you know, he is gathering her. He is gathering her. And so what I do and my role in all of this and, and the how is to uh, partner with him in gathering 
her and making her ready. Um, and that doesn't mean it's all on me, but that's all on us mm. to get ready, uh, for him. Um, and, uh, you know how, see, this is where James, I go to up, James. Pick it up, James. Go ahead. Pick it up. Yeah. So if we first saw each other or saw ourselves as this large segment of the population and we realized that we already, for instance, just here in America, we already have the economic clout for the body of Christ to buy CNN. <laughs> why would you bother? Just let it go bankrupt. Well, <laughs> why not buy CNN and turn it into a Christian media platform? I mean, the Christian news network. Sure. Ooh. I mean, but see, we haven't thought that way before. Mm-hmm. Or look at this. In Texas, there's, I, I, I'm just guessing, but there's over 4 million Christians in Texas. Okay, mm-hmm. we know uh, because of a church we work with, there's 35,000 orphans in the foster care system. Mm-hmm. Well, if we operated as an organism that was a much larger entity that thought, acted, and operated together, we could say, let's adopt all 35,000 orphans into loving Christian family homes. We could have that done in under a year. We yeah. need to think that way. Anna was, I was asking Anna a vision or a strategy question. Wow. She deferred to James. <laughs> And, and now she's going, but wait a minute, I thought of something. I thought of something. Anna, go ahead. Well, I thought of, you know, when James and I married, I came from a vast business background. Um, everyone in my family owns and, and runs successful firms, successful businesses. And James came from five generations of pastors. And so in the merging of our lives, vision married strategy and also, um, ministry married the marketplace. Mm. And we immediately, uh, I believe knew I was probably there a little bit before James was because he had to change that paradigm of thinking, you know, going to work and doing ministry to him were two different things. Whereas to me, um, I was in business. And as soon as I came to the Lord, I'm like, okay, I'm in the business. I'm in father's business now. And whatever I do has to have a kingdom purpose. And so I was there and we just knew that we were going to get into marketplace ministry. Um, but where this is all kind of leading is the reason we are partnering with our dear friends, uh, Bobby and Becca, Becky Hobby. I was going to say Rebecca, Bebby, Be- Bobby and <laughs> Becky Hobby is um, we aligned in vision and strategy together. And they came from a pastoral, they came from a business background, but there are, they are pastors of a church, apostolic leaders of a church. And here we're coming now from the marketplace and we're marrying we're unifying in vision and strategy. And the importance of that is the Lord really wants us to operate as in that kingly and in that priestly role in a unified way. And what that's going to do if marketplace leaders partner with leaders in the church sphere that are operating as priests to care for and nurture the people in the kingdom that are there in their region. And if there can be a cord there of one accord and there can be unity and strategy in vision, what's going to happen is the wealth of nations that are, that is coming to the people of God can stream into the purposes and the initiatives of Jesus for his bride. And we can actually start doing some of the things that we haven't been doing because some of that wealth has been stifled in the disunity between understanding our roles in the body and understanding that kingly and priestly, in a sense, uh, mandate for us to actually come together and um, allow that wealth to stream into making his bride ready. And I believe Jesus wants to provide for her. We need to have partnership, especially between the marketplace and the uh, ministry leaders in our communities. Mm. 
So I love the fact that, um, you know, you guys really know and have identified your roles in your marriage, in your um, your business that you run as ministry and that you see as a much bigger thing than just um, a means to an end. Um, and that is one of the things that really we talk about a lot with marriages. And the, I just want to kind of tie that into yeah. the Together on Tuesday thing is that you've had a lot of intentionality in your marriage. Well, and what does that look like, that intentionality? Yeah, you know, uh, I wish that we could come in and just say that we've figured this all out. The reality is Ann and I are both um, very driven. We both carry big vision and big mm-hmm. strategy. And we we really want to play a vital role and and stay in our lane and do what we're called to do and fulfill God's assignment on our life. And so sometimes what that means is um, we're a little too driven for our own good (laughs) and we need people to come alongside of us and not fan us more into flames. Some people need other people to encourage them to go after more. Mm -hmm. We actually need people to encourage us to chill out a little bit. Okay. So, uh, so here's the question though, that I asked and because that was really neat what you said, the question that I asked was you guys are married. How, what intentionality are you building yeah. into your marriage yes. in order to keep your marriage strong? What, what are you guys doing? Yeah. So this is the things that have been encouraged to us to do okay, to do less. But what about, what are you doing? Yes. that Makes it strong. So when we do, when we have date nights, which we try to do every week, uh, and, until the food arrives, we can talk about anything that we have going on, business, ministry, kingdom, anything like that. Once the food arrives, no more talk about that. It's just about us. So that's one of the intentional things in order to make sure that we move into that space. Mm-hmm. The other thing is every three months, we get away for an entire week. Just us. No work, no ministry, no kingdom. We're off the grid. And then in between, in the time between those three months, uh, we try to get away for a long weekend to do that as well. And it's so that way it just feels like we're sprinting for a few weeks. Then we relax and rest between us, sprint for a few more weeks yeah. again. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing I'll just add to that is we are extremely intentional about our time off. Um, we typically look at our year ahead before we even hit January and we plan our rest days um, first. And so uh, every uh, two months, we try to get away for an entire long weekend. And then every third month or by the fourth month, we uh, we go away for that entire uh, week or 10 days. Um, and so we plan all of those pit stops uh, ahead of time so that anything that, that starts coming into that year is now organized around that time off. But what tends to happen is we get away and we grab some books and we're sitting by the pool and we're reading and the Lord starts downloading out of that place of rest. We're, mm-hmm. we're able to hear him and just coming out of the, the familiar, we're able to hear new downloads, yes. new strategies, things we hadn't thought of. And then we go back and we start enacting them and they, it helps kind of get the next three months, uh, you know, going strong. And then we go away again and it's like, we're trying to rest, but we're getting new fresh downloads. So we have to be even intentional on our vacations to keep uh, the work talk to, uh, to a dull roar. (laughs) But but, you know, one of the things that, um, and we're talking with James and Nana Kramer and they are our dear friends from the world changer network found online at worldchangernetwork.com. And I just want people to be able to check you out themselves and look you up and find out more about you. But one of the things, obviously, when you have a strategist in the marriage, you know, this is something that you 
um, it can be very much a part of your DNA. But, you know, you make a great point is just the fact that we, in order to listen, we do need to often get out of the ordinary and step away and because, and the Lord knows that you need that. And so he's built, helped you to build that in. So just encouraging our listeners, um, Jim, that we all need to take a look at our lives and say, Lord, what is it that you have for us? And how are we going to function at the best level? And for, you know, the sprinters, you definitely need that, that pullback. And for other people, it might be every Sabbath or whatever it might be, but um, it's good for people to hear that. And thank you for sharing. James, how big a part does prayer play in your marriage? Oh, yes. Yeah. So we try in as much as possible, depending upon schedules with all of our meetings, we try to start every morning together, reading the Bible and praying. Uh, some weeks we do much better at that than others, but that we try to make that uh, something that we don't compromise on in as much mm-hmm. as possible. Uh, and frankly, so that's what we do corporately, but individually, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time praying in my prayer language Uh, sometimes I don't even have the words to pray to say what needs to be said. And so I I just trust the Holy spirit to lead me in prayer. And, and so I use my prayer language to, uh, just strengthen my spirit. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that if we weren't doing that, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't be equipped or ready to go into the season that we're walking into right now. Mm -hmm. So it's absolutely essential and vital. So what do you think is next? What do you think's next for world changer network? What do you think is next for James and Anna Kramer? Don't fight. Come on. Anna, raise your hand first. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Hub Nation is this week. Obviously, that is next. Guys, this is radio, not TV. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. So we have Hub Nation this week. And the thing that is most exciting to me about this is the people in this room are movers and shakers Mm -hmm. in the kingdom. They all have access to networks of Christians, and they all are influencers, and they lead a lot of people. And what I'm excited to do is take the message that the speakers and the presenters, as well as Bobby and Becky and Anna and I, the message that we're all carrying. And I know that the people that are going to be in this room are ready to receive it and run with it and do something about it. And so I feel like there's going to be exponential kingdom impact that comes out of this week. Uh, Everybody is here is ready to move. And so that's really exciting for me. Uh, The great thing is with what we're doing with the tech platform with the world changer network is we will be able to put people in and begin using algorithms and profile filters to connect them with each other and build tribes of people united around passions, causes, and initiatives for the kingdom that they can begin working on together Mm -hmm. and leveraging each other's team, time, talents, and treasure to get there. Mm. What I'll add there is that the network, the platform that we're actually developing is in development So though we speak about it, that it's already, you know, out there kind of serving its purpose, it is a um, uh, a very deliberate and a massive structure that is in development. We have version one about half funded right now. So we're actually looking to uh, raise another 500,000 to finish version one. So this is a unified effort Mm -hmm. on behalf of the body to actually get this thing live to a version one, which we're uh, looking to launch by December of this year. And so um, that's, that's kind of next for us. Get this thing up and start actually unifying, mobilizing and starting to do this stuff together. James and Anna Kramer from the World Changer Network. Thank you so much for hosting us here in Bend, Oregon. And thanks so much for sharing from your hearts today. Well, thank you guys for having us. We love your ministry. We love what I I work for him does. The people that you guys get to interview and connect with. 
it's a powerful ministry, and we love you guys in your marriage. Thank, Thank you. you again, James and Anna. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him. 